Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and we are here to review the grand final for you all. They've done it two years in a row. They've done it three and four. Alex Miller, the Tigers are premiers again. Oh, mate, don't have the words. Please, as punch, gentlemen. Um, look, an amazing 2020 campaign, as Doc has said many times before. Surprised we got here, but look, just privileged to you know, win it and go down in history. Some of these boys are some of the greats and one of the probably the greatest teams in the uh, modern era. So very happy. Doc, I will say at least it was a more entertaining grand final than <laughs> than last year's. Yeah, look, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have beaten much. Uh, <laughs> but, um, oh, look, I thought that the first three quarters in particular was um, was actually quite entertaining. Probably befitting of the two best teams, but... um. Unfortunately, uh, the Tigers ran away with it. Well, fortunately for Miller and all the rest of the 100,000 <laughs> allegedly Richmond members. Allegedly. Uh, I, I, I think that number is bogus, Miller. But um, <laughs> Are you who, implying that there's fake calculations in the calculator? The numbers are not true. <laughs> They're I think, fudging uh, the numbers. I think, I think Peter Bell has infiltrated uh, Richmond's membership base and has uh, <laughs> added, added in an extra 25,000. The only thing he could have infiltrated is a comedy show. He's a character, Peter. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, um, well, well done to your mob, Miller. It, thanks, the, mate. Fan, fan, fantastic achievement. Three, three flags in four years amongst one of the best, best teams this century. You know, I, 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 don't know, I don't know where it would rank with you, the likes of the Brisbane three-peat and the Hawthorne three-peat, but I'd have to say it, it would have to be bloody close. Yeah. I think about, you think about Brisbane, um, I think Brisbane was probably the benchmark and that was maybe a fucking it, champion team. Yeah. Lions. Yeah. That's the thing, Kat. Their, their team was just absolutely stacked with talent and, you know, maybe a little bit biased, but I'd say we're on par with them. Um, I'd say, and, you know, Hawthorne as well, and I think as well for Dimmer, uh, boys, that he's now out of Clarko's shadow. He's in a league of his own and him and Clarko. Oh, yeah, he's only one flag off him now. Yeah, so, you know, well done to Dimmer and the coaching staff. But lots to get into, Cat. Yes, uh, it was a very... Um, you wouldn't have thought going to halftime that the, Cat, the, the Tigers were going to end up winning by five goals. They were two goals down at the halftime break. And I don't know what Dimmer said to them... Uh, at that <laughs> at that halftime meeting, but it bloody put a fire under them, and it put a fire under one man as well, and that is Dustin Martin. Uh, I, I, I reckon if Alex Miller was coaching that that Richmond mob, he would have just lit a rocket under every every single one of them. I couldn't well, believe it. It worked. It worked. That's for damn sure. Uh, Do you reckon uh, he would have robbed them, Cat, with an aggressive approach, or Dimmer's calm, collective style? Do you think would have? resignated well they haven't been in this position too often behind mm. especially in a grand final first time ever in their th- three flags that they have yeah um, I, I don't know i think he was looking pretty fired up in the first half of he, the looked, box. he looked feisty um so i reckon he would have had a few words uh, to say to the boys positive words uh i don't no. know about positive <laughs> <laughs> but look as i said whatever he said it worked I, I like I like to think that he would have uh, used uh, a fierce, fierce uh, reinforcements, you know, p- positive reinforcements, but just in a bit of a, a bit more of an aggressive manner. I think. So not Terry Wallace energies. No, not not, not <laughs> Terry Wallace. Not certainly not Rodney Eade energies either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Demo would have ended up through the glass of the coach's box if he had some rocket Eade energies in that high pressure grand final. I, but, I, I um, think I, I think Nank would have stuck him through the wall. <laughs> How about Nank boys missing out on the handshake from the little man? <laughs> and Dusty had to come over and give him the handshake. So, tell you what, BT would have been laughing his ass off after uh, after being snubbed from roaming Brian all those years ago, wouldn't he? <laughs> well, this this game though started on fire, Cat. There was lots going on early. Yeah, the um, we had huge a huge couple of injuries started out the game. Uh, Nick Floston knocked out really really early in the game. Had to get the stretcher come out. Pretty much delayed the entire game, and Gary Ablett at the same time went down with the shoulder. Uh, he came no, back on. He's had an yes. absolute shock of a weekend, Nick Lawson. Um, yes. ha- I don't know how the man looked so positive uh, during the rest of the game. Like he still had a smile on his face and was 
Once you've been positive, injury, you are. Yeah, I'm sure the grand, winning another flag wouldn't uh, certainly wouldn't hurt. <laughs> I don't think you'd be upset, Cat Ben, a three-time <laughs> premiership player. You'd be pretty pleased. Yeah, I, oh, I think I think he would have been he would have been chucking down schooners at the at the ready. <laughs> I would I would love to know what his process was coming into the game to just put it out of his mind completely and you know because I don't know how I thought you know this is gonna it's one of those things that mentally you'd be. You know, you'd be shot coming to the grand final. Like, it's a tragedy. Um, and I hope whoever has done it gets apprehended by the police because it's a horrible thing to do to anyone, let alone a footy player right on the eve of the grand final. Well, yeah. well, well I, saw, I, saw the, um, I saw the news last night and there was footage of the bloke who, who, who doused, doused the house up in petrol. So, yeah. oh, you know, he didn't exactly, <laughs> didn't exactly do a good job making himself sus. <laughs> Um, but yeah, early there weren't too many players setting the scene for the Tigers early on. It was pretty much all the cats that first half. Mitch Duncan and Tom Stewart, we were talking about uh, pretty much ad nauseum in the first half, who we were just absolutely immense. Mm. Um, and the Tigers had to lift, and they did. They did come second half. Uh, a few guys in particular, Dusty, we mentioned before, obviously winning his third Norm Smith medal, the first man to do it in the history of the game. Which I think, is just a fantastic achievement. I, I, I said at halftime that Dusty needed to, to step up because he, he had maybe, what, two or three really good moments. But apart from that, didn't really do too much to really stand out in the game. But, geez, he came alive in that, in that second half. Did it, did I, every... I was even thinking the first half. I was like, well, that's it. Dusty's not winning another one. And then, <laughs> and then there he goes. Lights the game on fire. Uh, he, oh. He's had 11 touches only in the first half and um, a, a goal and went on to kick three more and have 10 more touches. So, yeah, return. I, I think, I think the, the thing that stood out for me as well was that, that pass to McIntosh in the, in the first quarter mm. to set up the second goal. I thought that was that was a brilliant piece of play. Um, and also, he has also, to be the best field kick doc in the AFL. Obviously, you know, think about backup ball users like Daniel James Short. It's a lot easier and sad. Um, you know, Jack Chris, all good boys is in the back half. But you think about midfielders, he has to be the best entry inside forward 50 for a midfielder. Oh, he, he'd be close as probably one of the best best mids. Mm. Uh, I think be because Dusty's strength going to the forward lines, if he's not hitting up a target, he's kicking the goal himself from, <laughs> from 50. Or he's kicking it up in the air, marking himself and then kicking the yeah, goal. Exactly. <laughs> he's doing it uh, all. Uh, look, uh, I, I have been pretty... Pretty rabid about how Dusty shafted Basher Hawley out of two Norm Smiths, <laughs> but I think that this is safe to say he deserved this one because hmm. he was just the flat-out match winner. He he stood up in that he stood up in that third quarter, kicked it. It was two goals in that third quarter, was it? Or was it two yeah, goals two, in the last? Two quarter? goals in the third. Oh, two goals in the last quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but. But nonetheless, he he stood up in in the moments that Richmond needed to, particularly when Geelong were trying to hold off the Tigers in that third quarter. Mm. I want to talk about a few of the... Sorry, Miller. Um, There you go, mate. A few of the unsung heroes in the back line for me. Um, Obviously, Jaden Short got plenty of praise for his game, which was fantastic. But Liam Baker um, didn't quite have as many touches, only the 14. But I thought in that second half especially, he was really, really vital... Uh, getting those, getting those, you know, those ground balls off the half back line. Ended up with seven inset possessions, four inside fifties, three rebound fifties off his fourteen touches. Mm. Um, I just think he's one of those guys that he doesn't pop up all too often, but when he's doing what he does on the half back line, you notice him. And his line breaking ability, cat, is something mm. that is important to you know the Richmond back six. You know, Hooley obviously talk about him as well. Boys was injured and. Um, credit to him for playing out the game. He got injured, I think, after the restart when the Nick Vlosh and his muscles probably would have been a little bit tight and he's done the calf. But you think about, you know, Short and uh, Baker are the only rebounding defenders. You know, you got, then you got Grimes, who's traditional one-on-one, Broad, similarly, and Asprey. So a lot relies on Baker and his bounce ability off half-back was outstanding. And Jaden Short, I think that's one of the best backmen, you know, grand final appearances, 25 touches, 700 metres gained. Um, that, <laughs> his, efficiency, be... his efficiency oh. to half-time was pretty spotty, but he really cleaned it up the second half. And I think yeah. he was another big reason why, uh, as you were saying before off-air, Miller, um, you generated all your scores from turnovers, and Short was a big part of that. That's quite amazing, isn't it, Cat? 12 goals, four from turnovers, and Richmond kicked, you know, 12 
twelve nine. The, the five points came from stoppages and centre bounces, Doc. And you got to say on the turnaround, there's none like Richmond. Yeah, th- th- absolutely. I think we said it in the grand final preview as well. They're, they're probably one of their best football is as a chaotic sort of setup. They've mm. got they they invite teams to have take possession of the ball and look. It didn't work in that first half because Geelong did what did what they liked with it. Should have how how they were how they were only fifteen points up at that stage at halftime is beyond me. Mm. But for me, Richmond are the best in the game at pressure at playing pressure footy, and it showed that second half. Can I just quickly touch on Jaden Short uh, from because I, I was pretty critical of him at in that first half because Geelong forced him to the left hand side because he, he's he's a right footer and he's a beautiful user of the football on the right, but as a left footer he's he's a bit he's a bit sketchy. He had a lot of a lot of iffy possessions in that first half, but geez he he really touched up touched it up on in that second half. I reckon that's uh, that's almost part and parcel of how the. Um lock down these small rebounding defenders. I've seen plenty of teams do it to Saad as well this year. He's yeah. obviously a really strong left footer and they force him onto the other side. Um, I think it's it's one of the ways to go. Just force them onto the wrong side of the ground and they're kind and of that, screwed. That's right. It re- and it limits that rebound as well, Cap, because mm-hmm. those guys rely on their kicking. and They're, they're, they're not bad handball players, but Jane Short even, you know, 18 kicks to seven handball ratio and you know, we can't go past this team and what they've done. If you don't go past Trent Cotchin, boys, you think about, you know, him and Dimmer have been on very similar journeys in terms of they had some very rough times as individuals and as a coach and a, as a captain. And you now they've gotten through it and now reaping the rewards. And Trent Cotchin will go down in history as an absolute legend of the Richmond Football Club and of the game, three-time premiership captain. And Again, Doc, he doesn't need his 25, 30 touches anymore. He needs his 15, 16 touches, and half of them are usually contested, if not more. And you just feel his impact on the game. Oh, you do. Um, I didn't, th- didn't think he was uh, a standout in this one. He got, he got his possessions, but didn't feel like he did a lot with them. But he won, but he won the important contested ball, uh, Miller. And, that, and mm. that's... And that's what, and that's, and I've said it a couple. I said it last week as well. That's all he needs to do. He needs to just stand up in the big moments and and let let the rest of his te- and and the rest of his teammates will follow because you know he, he's been a very good player. He had nine, nine contested possessions, which is probably uh, second only to both Jack Graham and Dustin Martin. So Graham's game was good as well, wasn't it? He was he was very good, Jack Graham. He's a, he, he, as you've said so often, Alex Miller. He's a future captain of the club. Oh, I'd <laughs> love it, and I think as well. Last year would have hurt boys him missing out. Same with McIntosh, and you could see the hunger in those guys' eyes. They were yeah. they were very keen to get stuck in early. McIntosh, McIntosh especially stood mm. up at um, key times as well. I thought I don't think I've seen him run uh, quite as much as I saw him run in this game. Um, he was really playing that wing role really really well. Um, and, and we've talked about it, Kat, you have particularly about mm. with the Geelong wingers, making them accountable on defence. And you literally they saw, did. Yeah, you saw McIntosh even sitting in the square at times trying to push Menegola deep as possible. Well, that's it. Menegola had to go deep. He ended up with two yeah. goals because of it, um, mm. but only had the 13 touches, which is quite a quiet game uh, for him. So I think Let's, they really, that was one big part yeah. of uh, what you did really well was pushing that tight, that uh, cat's outside structure further up the ground or separating um, Guthrie had to move more into the, into the middle to get his hands on the footy. I noticed plenty of times Duncan, obviously we saw was pretty um, dominant the first half, but he quietened down significantly after. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just two more or three more players. I want to talk about real quickly. We'll talk about firstly, Dion Pressy boys, you know, the meatball kicks two goals. It doesn't happen often. But when they do, they're, they're yummy goals with a bit of pasta sauce on the side. He was good. And I really like Bolognese or carbonara sauce? Bolognese on He's got to be the Bolognese. He's got to be the Bolognese. He's got to be the Bolognese, man. But also thought as well, boys, what your opinion on this? Nathan Broad and Dylan Grimes. Mainly Broad was on Dangerfield and he did an outstanding job, I thought. I actually, I actually want to, before I go that, I want to touch on Asprey's game because mm. uh, Tom Hawkins had Bolter on a string at halftime. He was... He was Tra- uh, Bolter was trailing Hawkins by about five meters every time Geelong got the footy, but um, they Dimmer flipped the magnets around, gave uh, gave Asprey a run. Yeah, I know how much you liked him as as the backup ruck, but Dimmer <laughs> said to Asprey, 
son, I want you to go to Hawkins and I want you to keep him quiet. And, yes, uh, he, and he did. It, Hawkins was mm. almost, almost pretty much useless in that second half. Yeah, I think uh, Dimmer really outcoached in the second half and uh, moved those key matchups around that just needed to, and uh, it worked wonders. And I like Bolter on the ball as well, boys. He was good as the ruck because he only had the two hitters, but his follow-up, boys, was, you know, he got in there, got a tap on, got a handball to Dusty or to Cochin and to those players and, and pushed forward and made Stanley accountable in defence, which, you know, as we've said many times, Stanley likes to get forward, get those marks. And I think that half-time, like you said, Kat, um, Dimmer changed a lot in the matchups. He wanted to make the Geelong, because they were very comfortable. That second quarter mm-hmm. was probably the best I've seen Geelong play all season, boys, and credit to them. But I think at halftime, the Richmond staff said, look, we need to get some matchups in our favour. I think both of you called for it, actually, when we're in our group chat at halftime. Make them accountable, make them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought Broad was really good and credit to him. What, what about the Cats? Where do we start, boys? Um, look, we talked about Mitch Duncan a fair bit, and he had an excellent first half. His stat line was pretty solid, I thought, to end the game. Kicked a goal, 25 touches, four tackles. Yeah, four four inside 50s, three rebound 50s, um, and four clearances as well. So, look, he had a solid game. Hmm. If he managed to uh, shake his his man in the second half and maybe uh, let him play his running outside game, he might have finished the game even stronger. Tom Stewart. It's just amazing. 17 uncontested possessions. Sorry, Kat. Yeah, he just finds them on the outside. He just um, finds it. And um, it's, it's a bit like the Steel sideline of flashbacks, boys, to preliminary yeah. final where Steel had almost 40 touches, I think. And no one on him. Just by himself. Tom Stewart was basically our consensus pick for the norm if the Cats uh, got up. And he was elite that first half especially. He was marking everything that came his way. Um Credit to the forward line for actually making him accountable in the second half and not letting him get his hands mm. on the ball as much. But 10 intercept possessions, 6 marks, 10 rebound 50s off 20 touches. This really tells the whole story. I really like Selwood's game, boys. Um, it was almost, almost like a, a virtuoso performance from yesteryear. Uh, the, no, the nine <laughs> contested possessions, five, uh, five score involvements, tack, tackled a fair bit as well. He was very, very strong in the contest, I thought. Yeah, uh, got some lovely free kicks as well for the ducky of the knees. <laughs> so, um, no, he, he played a strong game, Doc. Real, he's always been a great leader of that club and a real little dog. What did you make of Dalhouse, Doc? I thought he played a pretty decent game. Uh, look, oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was okay. He certainly wasn't the worst player on the ground, but I certainly wouldn't have held him in high regard given his performance. He had a good third quarter, I thought. Um, it pre- pressured well. Uh, that that was a very a very good smother in, as well, inside fifty. But the the, the problem, and, I, and I've and I've stressed this for for years now about Luke Dowhouse. He's just not a consistent player. Mm. Yeah, he, and and also I've also been on the record in saying that he he, he loves going to ground a lot. Dowhouse. He's. Mm. Uh, it, it it works sometimes. He I get it. He, he he wants to he wants to he wants to be the first in in for the footy, but you can't you can't be going to ground because you'll you'll end up you'll end up giving away free kicks. And I think he did end up giving a couple. Especially away. not against a team like the Tigers, who are so strong at ground level. You really can't be affording to just give them chances to you know wrap you up or. Well, he actually didn't give away any dock. Um, oh, okay then. Well, unlike this man, Mark Witzel's caught three times. <laughs> boys holding the ball. Um, I've just got to say. He's not cut out for finals footy. He cannot handle the pressure. Oh. And he, he cannot handle Tom Lynch. He cannot... Because you can see there's no confidence from Chris Scott. Lining up on the wing, that is disgusting. If this man's an All-Australian fullback, which <laughs> he is not, um, then he should be playing on the best forward on the team. And that's I did think be... Taylor uh, did oh, an yeah, excellent Taylor job did on Lynch. It, Lynch did nothing until the fourth quarter, Cat. So credit yeah. to Taylor. But still, um, you know... If you're going to be an All-Australian fullback, what are you doing on the wing? You're getting outrun by Jessica Stenier and McIntosh. And he's just a... He's, he's, he's 29 as well. That's the thing. He's not young. Um, he definitely so. gets exposed a lot, Blitzers, for those weaknesses he does have. Hmm. We know that he's an athletic man, and that's why Chris Scott loves to play him on the wing. But Loves playing him in the ruck as well. Yeah, if he's going to be in, if you want him in the back line, he's really got to learn how to play one on one a bit and yeah, not just uh, right. be another floater in there because they've got enough of those, the Cats. And there's only, there's only so much Taylor and Collar Jasney can do as, I guess, the only real one on one 
players. That might have been the problem as well, though, Kat. They looked very tall in that back line for a Richmond small setup. Mm. Yeah. Well, they are. They are a tall defence, the Cats. Um, and I think especially given that they knew, they knew that the, the, the conditions were going to be like. Mm. So I don't know why our man Jordan Clark does not get a run in that back line. Well, how is Mark O'Connor in this team over Jordan Clark? I've got no clue. Um, yeah, he was pretty useless, wasn't he, Mark O'Connor? Yeah, he had some mates. One of your mates, uh, Doc, actually, <laughs> Gary Rowan. <laughs> I th- didn't touch the ball in the first quarter. Um, he touched the ball one... at all? He's lucky <laughs> that he's got five listed <laughs> to his name here. He's that well to end up with five. Um, I, 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 I tell you what, there, there, there is no better combination in football than Gary Rowan and disappearing in crunch moments, in crunch games. <laughs> what is it though, Doc? You know, he kicked three last week and now... He's a downhill been... skier. Yeah, it, it's, 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 it's plain and simple. He's, he is a downward skier. He, he, and, and so... Uh, It'll be it'll be ripe for Jeremy Cameron when he comes in next year. So uh... <laughs> there are some boys that can hold their heads up high. I thought Buse when he had it took the game on, and Sam Simpson, uh, very courageous, went back mm. with the fly and tell the you other what, one. Yeah, that... he also got concussed. Mm. Uh, Simpson. It was um, it was a rough rough game, uh, and yeah, a few of those guys really personified the courage. Um, and I was surprised the team couldn't get up and, you know, galvanise no. around that and use it as motivation, but they just it, rolled over. That, that, that's, that's a very good point you make, Kat, especially when Menegola kicked the, um, the corresponding goal. That's a that. huge goal, Doc. It was a massive goal. And it pretty much, what was it? It was about uh, 20 points, less than 20 points in it. It was 15 at, points at that stage yeah, with that yeah. goal. And there was still plenty of time. There was, what, about seven or six minutes to go. And they're still, mind you, they're still winning the clearances at this point, the Cats. The Tigers Ga- never got on top in the middle, no. really. Gary, um, Gary Ablett is running around with a bung shoulder in his last game, and that's not inspiring. And Paddy Dangerfield sitting in the forward line one out. Oh, my I've, God. I've, I, I've got a gripe with that. <laughs> uh, both, both with Paddy Dangerfield and with uh, Chris Scott. Um, mm. it, it's games like this that you need your big guns in the middle. And, yes, Geelong have done a very good job in there without Paddy for most part of the year. But you need, but we all know what Paddy is capable of. He's yeah. he's, he's he's capable of winning clearances out of his own off his own back. And mm. the fact that Chris got neglected to put him anywhere near the middle at any come, stage in that comes second back half. to what Cat said though, being out coach, and he just felt. I actually spoke to Trent, who you know, um, he's the Geelong supporter. Thanks everyone for coming to the live stream the other night. He was there and spoke to him yesterday, boys, and he was just saying very disappointed in terms of. You know, Danger's been rested almost up forward all year, and he thought this final mm. series was it. This is this is this is where he's going to play a lot of midfield time, and um, he was relatively yeah unseen for the second half. And you know, I suppose you can say it's only his first grand final, boys, ever. Um, but still, it's not really good enough. And you could say, that about, well. could say that about the uh, twenty-two Bulldogs four years ago. It was their first grand <laughs> That's final. That's right. Well, <laughs> the damn thing. <laughs> Man's walked away with a flag, but um. I think as well the um, some of the score involvements. It, you know, Re, um, Rewalt had six, Short had six, and Graham had six, and unparticular guys that you'd think about setting up chances. And well, Dusty had nine, but um, still, it was just very interesting. Um, it was almost a full team effort going forward. Yeah, uh, from the whole midfield brigade, really. I have to ask you, Cat and Doc, both of you, do Richmond have the best? all-round list in the comp. You think about the bottom six players in the top four for maybe Brisbane, Collingwood, um, Geelong, West Coast. Think about their bottom six players. No disrespect Mm -hmm. to those players on the list, but Richmond's outliers, you know, Rioli isn't the best and Pickett um, possibly, but everyone else... I um, think he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad on Saturday night, Pickett. He did some good things. Yeah, second half. Um, Two flags in 20 games. Yeah. Your depth has taken a bit of a hit in the past couple of seasons. Maybe before a few of those guys left, I would have said uh, you do. But I think you look at... I don't know. You look at Port and you look at Brisbane. I just think Brisbane have shown that they have this depth that no one else can really match. And these young guys are already up to standard to slot right into that 22. And I I think Port have such a strong, strong uh, top of the list, especially... Mm, but you think about their bottom six, though, Kat. You think about, you know... Um... Well, I don't know. I think it's much like Brisbane. Those guys slot into the team pretty easily. And, yeah, they um... slot in, they play their role. But 
And I mean, they do at the Tigers as well. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd struggle to split hairs between mm. Port, Brisbane and Richmond at the moment. The only thing, I suppose, Doc, is you think about the role players at Richmond, I think, have potential to have big games. Baker has potential to have big games. Um, McIntosh has potential. Lambert has potential. Um, even Castagna played a very good pressure game, I thought, with his tackle and pull-up work. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, Castagna's pressure was pretty good. I thought mm-hmm. he was. Uh, I've been I've been pretty pretty quick to to jump on <laughs> jump on Castagna every time he has a quiet game, possession wise. But I thought he I thought he was all right. He, he kicked the goal, which was good, uh, better than zero five last year. <laughs> I, I would argue it was a better game than last year. That's yeah, a fair certainly. Goal. Um, um, yeah. I think back to what you said. Uh, I think Richmond are the best team in terms of where their list is at. You know, you look at, I look at Brisbane's list. Brisbane is still very, very young. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, I think, I think they can be, Brisbane can be the next, the next dynasty in about three oh, or four absolutely. years. But right now, I think they're still very, very green in terms of, of talent. You think of guys like Zach Bailey and, and Brandon Starsevich who, are, who haven't been in the system long. And they just need more games, don't they, Doc? Oh yeah, better. absolutely. They, they, all they need is, all they need is just to continue to play games. And I think, mm. That exposure in the preliminary final, I think, will I think helps them a lot. I think it'll help them a lot next year, uh, mm. Brisbane. They'll, they'll get. They'll, they'll, I think they. I think they can get to a grand final next year. The Lions just just quietly. Um, I think even comparing Cat the the Geelong six to the Richmond six out of this game, mm. um, that's the difference um, between a flag and a not flag. And as terrible as it is, as well, boys, there's only there's one winner and there's seventeen losers and. Um, being the runner-up is sort of, you know, you don't want to be that. And it's sort of, as the media, they look at just the winners and they account for nothing. But I think um, Geelong would be very disappointed, boys. They played extremely good football, but the second quarter was outstanding. Mm. Um, You could see it on Chris Scott's face after the game. He was absolutely gutted. Um, What went wrong though, Cat? Did they just get jumped? I don't know. I think he failed. He failed to adapt the second half. Mm. Didn't realise that... You know, I think he just saw uh, the guys that were doing their role were doing it well, and he thought they'll keep going for the second half. Um, he's been criticised plenty, Chris Scott, of not having a plan B, really, and I think he showed that lack of ability to adapt in this game. I didn't see any positional changes or swaps from the Cats whatsoever, including that danger field locked in the forward line, basically. When Stuart and Duncan were made accountable, there wasn't any effort to get an extra guy, maybe drop another guy in the back line to try and help free Stewart up or, you know, not that it would have, it wouldn't have hurt them in any way. The cats, they were winning those clearances pretty easily. So I think having another guy in the back line could not have hurt Um, or, you know, getting another guy to try and tag whoever was running with uh, Duncan. I I just think he needs to start to learn to adapt Chris Scott or he's going to keep getting to these big finals and they're just not going to, not going to get it done. I suppose the only problem, Doc, with getting rid of Chris Scott is the age profile of the list. If you think about it, Dage is 30, Selwood's 32, um, you know, and a lot of these guys are top-heavy age. Yeah. Do you think that they can't get rid of Scott because those players have built a good trust and relationship that getting a new coach in might be a year, maybe even more, feeling out process and they could lose their premiership window by then? Well, that's a really interesting question because you see what you see what North have done the last mm. over the last twelve to eighteen months. They they gave Brad Scott the flick and replaced him with Ray Shaw, and now they they're left without a coach uh, mm. because they they didn't think. Well, Brad Scott thought that I think the, the word goes that he he thought the list wasn't re- was was far from ready to contend, but North North board saw it differently. Mm. Um, well, well they were, I think they were right in the end. <laughs> And then you got the polar opposite, Doc, with, you know, Longmuir at Frio having an immediate positive impact on this and Brett Ratton taking the team to finals. So, yeah, you can do it. But, but, yeah, I don't know. That's always been my question about right now changing the coach. Yeah. I don't, it's, not, it's not the right time to change, change the coach. No. If that's, I think, that, yes. If that, Scott, if, if Scott will be the man. Be. Scott will be the man for a few years yet. I, I, th- I think it'll be interesting to see where Geelong are at in the next two to three years when, when Ablett's, well, Ab, Ablett's not there it won't be there anymore. Mm. Uh, still got, yeah, da- da- Danger Dangerfield will probably be in his last season by then. Mm. Uh, Selwood will be gone, you'd think. Uh, a few of these players, Henderson would Henderson will be gone. Taylor, Gary, Hawkins maybe. Taylor, mm. yes. Hawkins probably still has another 
two to three years left. He'll probably be in his last season. You know, Blitzoff's is 29, two is 29. There's a huge... That's the thing as well we've talked about, boys, is that the young players here, like Narkle, Constable, um, who was the other guy? Jordan Clark, um, mm. Ben Jarvis, all these kids, you know, are begging for opportunities. And, and they're going to start wanting out. We know a lot of these guys want out mm. already. Um, when do you pull the trigger, though, boys, on a rebuild then? That's the toughest thing, obviously, for any club to undertake, but... Well, the Cats haven't really had to rebuild for the, no. pretty much the entirety of this of this decade. They've <laughs> they've been it's it's the rebuild on the run uh, mentality, I think, where they just keep topping up with these players that. And I mean, look, they've had their fair share of players leave to the Cats, but they always manage mm. to get something good back for them. Obviously, Tim Kelly, the best example of recent years, is they pretty much got West Coast's entire draft crop for it and when you do deals like that you're just going to be able to reload with fantastic youngsters that's very true again. but you need to give them games cap yeah that's yeah. it this year this year is where it's really going to come and hurt them with these guys wanting out um mm. and when you hear that they're targeting guys like sean higgins and brad crouch and oh, jerry jeremy cameron obviously already coming on their on their way there it makes me think that they're not going to want to rebuild the cast no. they think they can reload replace these guys and but then have another if you, crack. If you're if, reloading, do you reload with the same coach then, per se? Not per se maybe not rebuilding then. That's the I think they, if Scott can get them to all those prelims and the grand final, I think they probably think they can. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It, I'm, worried, I'm worried about Geelong. And we, we see what Hawthorne have done the last couple of years, and they've tried to reload on, on players themselves, mm. and, and it hasn't worked out. They're, they, they're finished in the bottom four this year. Mm. But I think it's... I'm I'm a bit concerned in a, in a couple of years when it, you know, even guys like Duncan and Guthrie and Menegola they're not young players either. They'll no, they'll, no. they'll be well, they'll be well into their thirties in the next few years as well. So, well, yeah, as we know, they are one of the oldest teams ever in the comp Geelong. That that qualifying final, they did have the oldest team ever um, yes. to be fielded. So. Yeah, they, I think they just have to assess whether they think... Obviously, they do think they're still in the window with the guys that they're targeting. Um, so, I, I think it's basically you, the next yeah. couple of years or bust for the Cats and Chris Scott. You give them a three-year window, boys? Yes or no? I reckon even uh, less, maybe two. Yeah, look, I think I think three years is is, is, is pretty generous, yes. Yeah. If Scott can't win um, one just... in the next couple of years, then... That's it for that crop. Just lastly, before we go to the votes, boys, we're just going to say well done to Gary Ablett. Obviously, he's pretty tough getting injured early on in the game, but amazing to play out the game with a, a shoulder. And firstly, I want to have a go at all the Richard supporters saying he shouldn't have played um, on. I just don't get it. This man's a legend of the game. It's his last game ever. Um, Grand, show a bit of respect. Yeah, Grand, show some respect. It's just Grand, um, sorry, sorry. Grand final game on the line. Yeah, you know, it, it, there is no tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, so, not, obviously he wasn't fully fit, but he tried his best, and I tell you what, he had a more positive impact than the um, guys beneath him on the stat sheet. That's for sure. So, <laughs> Gary's always a legend, and just congratulate yeah. him on everything he's done. So, I don't know how with... you can say that about uh, a guy who's yeah one of the, the one of the well, arguably the best player of the modern era so far. Um, mm. And you know, we got to say we've been lucky to watch him play. The man's a dual Brownlow medalist. Uh, one that he did at the team that was sitting at the bottom rung of the ladder for the majority of the time he was there, which is just bloody impressive on its own. Mm. Um, so I think he'll, obviously he'll go down history as one of the all-time greats. Gaz, as soon as he's eligible for the Hall of Fame, he'll be in there. Do you reckon, boys, um, maybe if <clears throat> hopefully, fingers crossed, his son's health improves and um, he's a bit more stable with his family life and happier, that um, he might come into coaching in some way? I think Gaz is going to be one of those guys that's just going to uh, Take enjoy life for a little while after footy. I think much like much like his uh, his old man, or well, maybe not in certain ways, but uh, I think he <laughs> might not want to be. He's obviously not very much of a media man, Gaz. He's a bit more uh, mm. quiet to himself. Um, and I think he'll he'll probably take a break from footy for a while and just enjoy life. Yeah, I, I reckon so. I think he's he's got a lot he's got a lot in front of him. He's got a he's got a lovely family. He's mm. got and, and he doesn't he, do, he doesn't know the game anything. He he can just he can just sit back and and sit back in the sun and have a couple of uh, mojitos. <laughs> uh, speaking Absolutely. of mojitos, Doc, you're not going to have one while you give these votes out. But who have you got for your three votes? Uh, so I thought I'd give a vote to Jaden Short uh, from Richmond. I thought that second half in particular. We've already touched on it. I thought. 
it was a it was a much improved performance from the first half, and I thought it helped set the scene for um, Richmond's, I guess, dominance in that second half. I guess. Yep. I have two to Tom Stewart because he was probably the because he was the best Geelong player on the ground at half time. Uh, you can argue Mitch Duncan, but I will, you will not convince me otherwise. <laughs> Took a lot of inset marks, got in a lot of good positions, and uh, the way that he was allowed to do whatever he liked in that defensive half helped Geelong a lot particularly when they had the game on their terms. And the three votes, I'm giving it to Gary Rowan. No, I'm joking. I'm giving it to Dustin Martin. Man, I had as many votes as touches. I'm giving it, I'm giving it to Dusty because uh, what, what more can you say that hasn't already been said about him? He, 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 there is a lot of substance to this uh, best finals player in the modern era because he every finals game he's played, he's just been an absolute force. And another four goals, another Norm Smith. What more? Do, what more does Dusty have to do, boys, to um, surpass Gary Ablett as the best player of the modern era? Win another round, though. Three-time, three-time yeah. premiership player, three-time Norm Smith medalist, multiple All Australians, one Brownlow medal. It's going to be also. He'd also have to catch Gaz on the All Australians as well. Gary's an eight-time All Australian, and I think Dusty's how many's Dusty four. got? Du- du- Dusty's got about four or five at this point. He'd have to get a few more for mine. Um, and I think also if he can keep playing to the level that he does into his <laughs> into his thirties, then you'd consider it. But Gaz has barely dropped off in quality in his like you know as I said, nominated for the All Australian squad last year at thirty five. Mm. Uh, if Dusty can be doing things like that, then the uh, the argument will be up there. He's still got about six years to do it. So well, <laughs> think about this though. If Dusty won another flag than another Norm Smith, that would be. Um... Jeez. Well, you, be, you, you can definitely start ma- mounting an argument there. It'd be very, very hard to argue that. I find it very unlikely he'll win another Brownlow just because how stacked the list is at the moment. Um, there's going to be so many guys taking votes off him. Um, unlike Matt Fife, who's got Connor Blakely taking votes off him. So he, won't, <laughs> he won't be there next year, Connor Blakely, so that'll well, be another three votes for him. His, taking his surfboard. <laughs> I think Caleb Sarong will be taking the next Brownlow votes the way he's travelling the young man. So, um, <laughs> do you hear Cat? He said uh, Connor, Bla- Connor Blakely was going to pinch uh, Nat Fife's surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Nat, Nat is a champion of the surf. Um, yeah, that's the only thing. I agree with Cat. Another Brownlow would be amazing, but it'd be pretty tough too. But, you know, if he can walk... He's 29 as well, Doc. So, time is still in front of him. And if he won... If he won another two flags on a Norm Smith, I think it'd be very, or even two Norm Smith. That would be, um, imagine that, a five-time, four-time Norm Smith medalist. It's just surreal. So, um, oh, to, uh, that's just uh, insane. And <laughs> I know I've argued about, about, I know I've argued the fact that he uh, probably didn't deserve at least one of those Norm Smiths, but the fact mm. that he, he still played really well. That's not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to, right. I'm not trying to argue that he didn't. I but, think as well, he would have walked out on Saturday boys feeling like he had to earn this one. And he sure did. Um, oh. He had a point to prove. So I don't, I don't even think he needs another Brownlow. I think he just needs another one or two premierships and he, yeah, and, he, and, and he can take over. Gaz mm. is the best player in the modern era. Cat, uh, your votes. Who have you got, mate? Um, all right. For one vote, I've given it to Tommy Stewart as well. Can't oh. deny his impact in that first half. Um, he was one of the guys that put you along in the position that they were. Uh, at the halftime break. Two votes. I've given it to Shane Edwards. The man mm-hmm. had a very underrated game in the grand final. Um, probably wasn't the cleanest by foot, but I think just by virtue of the amount of times he got his hands on the footy and was part of that huge pressing forward force that the Tigers love to uh, use so much, um, I think he deserves the two votes. And three votes, of course. Can't go past Dusty. Uh, I think uh, any Norm Smith selection panel would have given that to Dusty, and I'm not going to say that the man didn't deserve it. Yeah, very good call. You, 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 won't, you won't find many people that, that say he, did, he didn't deserve it. No, not this year. Definitely not this year. All right, Miller. Miller, we, we, bring we, us we, home. We've saved the best for last. <laughs> uh, look, I've gone, I've gone one vote to James Shaw, but if I was to give it to a long supplier, which I will now, I'll give it to Mitch Duncan, one vote. He was amazing. Um, ball use in the first half. His inside 50s were outstanding. He, uh, he, he, he's made he's made a life scratching here. <laughs> he's uh, four inside fifties, four tackles, and four clearances go with the twenty five touches. He was very good. Two votes as uh, Cat said as well. Shane Edwards boys twenty seven touches, but nine clearances. And if he would have kicked that goal, that would have been a juicy 
uh, cherry on top of the Sunday, and of course, uh, the man who is the cherry, Dustin Munn. He is the. Uh, <laughs> it's not just his goals and his stats. As I said before, nine score involvements, boys. And um, I was watching a documentary this morning and the repeat of 2019, and he said uh, it was my goal to kick that ball to Marlon Pickett to set him up for that goal and debut. And I think it's just credit to him. He doesn't, as much as he enjoys those individual awards, boys, the three Norm Smiths, and he's mm-hmm. the biggest team player going around at the start. I was going to say, it's, it's things like that. The man lifts the team around mm. him, um, Dusty, and there's not many players that can do that and also be as bloody right. excellent individually as they it's are. It's so, so hard to be a star player, but be a team man at the same time. And you think about the greats of the comp, like Gary, like Dusty, and many others, um, mm. If you can make teammates around you better and list better, which what Shane Edwards did on Saturday night and has done his whole career as well. But, um, yeah, you just elevate yourself. And I think um, playing for each other is something that Dusty enjoys. So credit to him. Three norms and uh, three votes from Alex Miller. Good stuff, mate. Three, three <laughs> votes from all the boys for uh, Dustin Martin. No, That's yeah. nine votes. Hello. That's not nine votes. <laughs> yeah. Boys, um, Obviously, now that the season has ended, the rumour mill is only going to intensify <laughs> even more. AFL Trade Radio started back up today, so I'm sure we'll all have that uh, on 24-7 <laughs> until the actual start of the trade period. But Which is when? It, 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 uh, it is the second week of November, I believe. The I think it's, yeah, it's the six, um, 13th? No, sorry. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. We'll get the actual date up. Um, He's not but, sure. As no, I said, I'm pretty sure. I'll check while you boys. Tonight. Okay. Uh, I'll t- t- tell you what, trade radio will be very good this week because we've got we've got a mountain of assignments that are due at the end of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the boys are going to be very very busy on the uh, on the books this week. Plenty to get the fourth of November, boys. Fourth oh, so, of November. So the first so, week of November. So, yeah, that, so, so we're shockingly shockingly close to it already. <laughs> actually, we'll it's have next, uh, it's next week, isn't it? Next Wednesday. Yes. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Well, we'll have a um, we'll have a trade period review, of course, uh, once all the deals go down. But anyway, let's go through some of the news we've got at the moment. Uh, I don't know where, where we've got this from, boys. Alex Miller's pulled this uh, out of nowhere. Ben Brown and Jordan Clark linked to Frio. Jordan Clark one, I, I know. Jordan Clark, yes. Ben no. Brown, where have we where have we heard this? Mr. This is this has come from the real uh, of m- rumors, the mill, and um, <laughs> I could see him pairing up with Matt Tabner. They don't. If Jesse Huggins to piss off, which I don't think he will though, but where's, your, Brown, where's your sauce, Mister Hines? Uh, it is ketchup. Thank you very much. And um, <laughs> yeah, I think Jordan Clark, as we saw in the grand final sprint, doc trying to make his way to Freo. Um, Won the grand final sprint too, Jordan Clark. Yeah, sprinting he's away from Geelong. Boy. He's running away from Geelong. He started um, well. Yeah, so fair <laughs> to him, but yeah. He's back running and it is going well. <laughs> He's going fast. <laughs> yeah, um, Lockie Fogarty, uh, uh, Miller, where, where's he going? I think he's going he's gonna to bugger off. Uh, a guy who's had enough. Uh, he'll be looking for more senior opportunities. <laughs> Essendon, North and um, Fremantle all are interested. Ooh. I'm Jeez, not saying where we're getting all these picks from to trade for all these players <laughs> at the moment. We'll give so. you a 97th round selection. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Webster's another one. Um, <laughs> I think you re- I think you've failed to realise that Adrian Dodora has a uh, fruit and vegetable shop and he'll be uh, bartering <laughs> vegetables. <laughs> he's going to be trading like the, the old days. Got to, he's, he's jumped in his wagon and he's going down the uh, going down trade, the trade trail. I'll trade you a turnip for Lucky Fogarty. <laughs> um, yeah, Jimmy Webster boys from the Saints hasn't been able to crack the team really this year, um, which is quite outstanding considering he's been a staple of the Saints backline. Mm for pretty much his entire career. Um, he was good a couple of years ago, Jimmy Webster. I think a lot of people um, forget to forget to mention that. Yeah, the man's only 27, so he's still uh, arguably within his prime, and uh, he's been linked to the Bombers. And I, I don't think it's a bad pickup for us if we just need someone in there to cover the whole left by side and McKenna. So, mm. and not too bad. That's a really good one. I've sort of just thought of that as well, boys. Is You know, Dylan Robinson hasn't been delisted and he's still on free... Um, St Kilda's list, sorry. So I wonder mm. if he's in mitts for a return or a trade or not. Is he a um, where's he from, Robertin? He's is he WA boy or Victorian? No, Victorian I'll, boy. I'll look for you. He's Victorian, Victorian boy. He's a he's a, he's a Frankston kid. Okay. Uh, I won't have a look for you. It's okay. Um, um, also, <laughs> I, I did hear Robertson's name being being thrown up as trade bait uh, the mm. other day. Actually, I know I know Adela- I know he was linked with Adelaide. Um, 
I think there was an, uh, there was another club, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Probably North. They they, they seem to be interested in everybody at the moment. <laughs> Why um, wouldn't they be? They need to fill this spot. They've already ripped off quarter of the list, and there's another two or three that's going to come. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Dunstan's one we've got here uh, linked to North. I think uh, both of the SA teams have said uh, you can stay in Victoria, Luke. We don't want you. So <laughs> it'll be pretty hard to get into both those lineups when at West Coast. Yes. I'm also hearing uh, rumours that the Josh Dunkley to Essendon does genuinely have some legs. Mm-hmm. Doc? Well, <laughs> he doesn't well, want to hear it. He does not <laughs> want to hear it. it look, it, it's, it's an interesting one because uh, over the weekend, it's been, it was confirmed. That Tom Brown said that he, was, that he was requesting a trade. But then uh, Mark Stevens, who's a, a diehard Dogs fan, uh, second only to me uh, in the media circles. <laughs> but he's... But he he said on Twitter that he spoke to um the CEO of Meet Bayers and he said that um Dunkley was one hundred percent staying. So mm. I don't know. I think the rumors are really I don't know. Stock. I don't know who I don't know who you want to believe. Well, uh, Dane Bean said at the best at the Lions' best and fairest that he was staying uh, about two days before he I requested also, the trade. So. I also heard boys Tom Morris say on Grand Final day that Toby Nankervis is looking to go elsewhere and he's out of contract, but he has actually signed a three-year deal. So not sure how that's phys- physically possible to be contracted, but out of contract. So um, yeah, well done there, Tom. Um, um, oh, look, uh, all I'm going to say here is if Essendon want Josh Dunkley and if Josh Dunkley wants to go to Essendon, then uh, the Bombers and Adrian Dodoro have to come up with something really, really extravagant to, to get the dogs to say yes, because it's not going to happen. Yes. Well, My, if you pick uh, up Cat, Cole Dunkley is the listed free agent. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's part of the draw from what I understand is that mm. uh, we've said to Josh, we know we know you love playing with your brother and you're, good, you're, you're great mates and very close. Um, play with your brother at home, Josh. You don't need to play <laughs> with him at Essendon. Here's the opportunity to play alongside him at AFL level. So uh, come on down, Josh and I Kyle. Think, I think Dunkley was very... Uh, Josh was... Uh, sorry, Kyle was very stiff to get there. Listen mm. in the first place. And, um, the yeah, kid didn't get much a shot again. Yeah, he's still, he's still young, Kyle. I think he might be a 2021... Um, yeah, he's still a young kid, Josh. Uh, not Josh, Carl. Uh, Josh They're is both also young. young. He's 23. So plenty of upside for us. I think, uh, like we were talking about off air, if we can get first-round picks for Saad and Danaher, which mm. Saad I'd see more likely than Joe at this point, um, yeah. they could be Maybe part it's going to be team. a battle for Carl Dunkley, boys. Whoever gets him first will dictate if Josh <laughs> stays or goes. And who knows what's going to well, happen. Well, if I mean, I'm the doggies, I'm wondering why, we ha- yeah. why they haven't considered uh, picking up Kyle, <laughs> even well, just on the rookie Because list. Billy, Billy Gowers is the better player, according to <laughs> Luke Beveridge's brewery. Oh, yuck. <laughs> yuck. We have, a, we have a lot of issues at, the, at that club, let me tell you. <laughs> we have a lot um, of issues. It is not going well. Um, oh, spe- spe- speaking of issues, uh, Daniel G in Syracuse, a cat I told you off air, had uh, mm. assistant, assistant coach of the year at the Doggies. Um, he's, uh, Essendon have pilfered him. He's, he's gone. Yes. Um, he's also for the Don's truck stock. He wants to take truck stock. Truck Also, also, if you could take away uh, Rowan Smith and Ash Hansen away from us, that'd be handy because uh, we need we we need assistant coaching changes. And we need them, and we need them now. <laughs> I'm very pleased, boys, with our assistant coaching lineup. Now it's improved dramatically uh, the past couple of years, and Carousella and Jan Syracuse are, are fantastic guests. We might um, need Carousella back. We've lost Craig McRae uh, no, and thank um, you. Lepich, so. We'll keep him. We'll keep him. Thank you. We apparently, love boys, uh, around the rumor mills, Scott Waters is being um, approached for the Richmond assistant job. So I'm not oh. sure what's going on there. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know what's going on there. I thought he was in a prison in Bangladesh or somewhere. So um, <laughs> we'll find out where he is. Last I heard, he was in a hole in um, uh, Blackburn. <laughs> <laughs> boys, news out of the pies. It's looking likely that Jordan Bigot will be signing a two-year deal. While you two chuckle off away there. Um, see if he's uh, manager and fireman father. <laughs> fireman father. Um, is, is, there so like... is there an inference that his, uh, his dad is uh, Fireman Sam, the uh, the iconic British <laughs> Fireman Sam Degoe. Um Yeah, it's looking it's looking like they've basically at this point put off the Degoe and Moore deals for two years uh, with these short-term things. So I'd, I'd say watch this space. And if it gets done, the 2022 trade period is going to be even juicier because those two... Should be locked down on long-term contracts. What happens to Trelaw then, boys? It's like I think it's like the reports have said Trelaw's not going to leave unless the Pies make him. He is very happy at Collingwood, and unless they say we need you out to make cap space, uh, which he's going to stay. Which they, which they, they do, and, and they can. 
Um, I think I, I've had I've, I've had a bit of discussion about this um, off air, and I think Trelaw has shown this year that he's not their most important midfielder. Adams and side bottom are both more valuable to the side than Trelaw is uh, in in twenty twenty. But but um, can, but can Adams and side bottom consistently nail him from fifty out the way Trelaw does? Because he's done it for years. Probably yes. not. But well, it's whether they value that or not. I suppose. I just think as how a do, midfielder, how do, you, how do you not value value goals from fifty? <laughs> <laughs> I know, considering how the rest of their team kicks in front of goal. Uh, yeah, they need forwards. I think would be the biggest thing. But I think as as a midfielder, as I said, Trelaw's probably third or even fourth in line behind Pendles as well. Uh, in their in their mm, list. Okay, cool. So um, yeah, we'll see. Other trade news, gentlemen. Um, oh, no, no, nothing, nothing as, as of yet. You've also written down here the streakers, Miller, uh, uh, at the start of the grand final. What a pair of tosses, mate. Uh, I actually <laughs> No saw... trade news for them. The, the only place they're being traded to is the Queensland Police Station to get oh, their fines. Just, just a pair of dickheads. Like, you pay for a ticket in a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to watch the AFL grand final in the cabin. It's never going back there, Queensland. Um, so bad luck. But I think, um, you know, if you get that chance to watch them then watch them don't jump on the ground with names of yourselves on your shirts trying to promote yourself for your social media account i couldn't give a rat's ass honestly about your social media and social media accounts so um bugger off um that's all i've got to say about that yeah no they're they're absolute clowns that's all i'll say and uh i hope i I hope somebody (laughs) but not in a good way i hope somebody at the police department gives them a right thrashing Somebody um, was saying that they're not because they're, you know, they're not AFL supporters. It's okay. Well, it's not because some people would beg to have two tickets. I'm sure all of us would love to have gone to the grand final. Anyone in Victoria that's a footy fan. I would have quarantined in Queensland for two weeks if it meant yeah. getting to go to the granny. Um, yet these guys just want <laughs> to put get, If it meant getting me away from Melbourne for two weeks. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, so I think it's just disgusting that you can just piss, first of all, piss away your own money because you're a dickhead. You're paying the fine and all that just to get followers it's pretty tragic and um pretty self-obsessed toss pots um as far, as far as as far as i'm concerned they can take the uh, the long walk off the short pier um is <laughs> any prince oh. that we own a pirate ship uh, at a train <laughs> yes it's, it's actually in my backyard so uh i'll, 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 I'll fire <laughs> oh, it up boys i'll fire it up um also uh, uh, this 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 is interesting afl trade radios uh, mitch clear has re- said that um he expects Lockie henderson to get a one-year deal at geelong so, Interesting. So I, I think he deserves it, boys. He's had a really good year, and I've yeah. I have I did can him at the start of the year and at the end of last year as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, oh, you, wouldn't, th- you wouldn't have thought it at the start of the year, but yeah, he's earned it at this point. Oh, he has earned it absolutely, one hundred and ten percent, boys. Um, no, no, nothing else from the Twitter sphere as far as I can see at this point. But I'll uh, I'll keep you updated. I'll see if there's see if there's anything uh, transpires in the next t- ten to fifteen. <laughs> Miller, you've got one of our favourite segments. Yes. Uh, here we haven't done it in a little while. Yes. Where, where, where has where has this gone? Where, uh, where, this where... has gone into the uh, meeting room where I've been working on it, and I've come <laughs> up with some good ones, boys. Quickies, a a favourite as Cat said is back, where yes. I answer quick questions to the boys for your simple yes or no answers. Um, so, to kick off, Quickies, um, did we enjoy the night grand final, boys? Yes or no, and will it be back either next year or future? That's a no and no from me. Uh, oh. The wait is way too long, uh, and no, thank you. <laughs> I I didn't mind it, only because of the fact that I had to work in in the day, <laughs> and I didn't get didn't get home till about four o'clock. And man wanted his double pay, <laughs> <laughs> and his double bourbon and cokes, I think as well. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> Got to buy the slab somehow. <laughs> couldn't couldn't have too many because I had to work the next morning as well. Um, rip me. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no. I, I, pref- I do prefer it in the afternoon. Um, okay, very good. And we'll, and we'll be back. No. Can no. I just say while we're talking about um, uh, the grand final? Quickies. Um, uh, sorry, uh, just uh, I, I'd like to ask a quickie of my own here. Um, right. Did we enjoy the grand final? Pretty much entertainment. Yes or no? No. DMA no. sucks. That's a no from me too. I think Wolf Mother was the only thing that kept me. Smiling. I agree. I don't know why they chose such uh, such chill, laid back, even sad tunes to <laughs> before the grand final. I, it's a sporting event. I blame Powderfinger for saying no. They they should <laughs> they, they should have sh- saved us. They they should have saved us from this absolute sh- 
shitstorm of a <laughs> there it is. Of tape. But yes, no, Wolf, think... Wolf Mother were excellent. Wolf and, I think... and I even I also... thought I even thought Shepherd at halftime went too bad. Yeah, they, I, they I, I don't I don't like Shepherd. No, there it is. But they put on the show at the very least. Uh, at least that's what well. I show. But I, I just want to say, whoever came up with the lyrics to the song Geronimo must have the uh, <laughs> the IQ of a fucking three year old because that is <laughs> that's a, that's. <laughs> That's a sh- that's a shit out song, and you can't and you can and you cannot tell me otherwise. No, it's a music podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're trying to turn it into an event with the night and the music. Mm. Anyway, um, is Dusty Boys the greatest player, or is the best player in the modern era? Well, no. we kind of, well, no. we can't. We, can't we did touch on that, but to say um, succinctly, no. So yeah, maybe. yeah, right now, no, no. Okay, three no's. Um, will Harry Taylor retire? Oh. Yes, no, I think if Henderson's getting another year, Taylor's going to go on. I, th- I think he's got another year in him, Harry. So no, yeah. there it is. Should Dangerfield be given weeks for his hit on Nick Washington? Mm. Uh, no, but he should have been given a fine. Yes, yeah, one th- week. Uh, I reckon he should have got a week. They, they should they should have penalised the action, uh, not the action, the uh, the consequence. Agreed. Well, I think I oh know they set their precedent for themselves for penalising consequences, um, which when it really shouldn't be because any action in football has the potential to cause injury. You have to be missing a limb, I think, to get a week now. Is uh, the quota for <laughs> it, if, if if he if he had used the shoulder and braced for impact, he would have got away with it. I didn't mind that he was protecting himself, but the fact, boys, he extends that arm after the ball is gone is what the issue is for mine. So that's, yeah, that, that, that's what, that's what my issue is as well. Like he could have, he could have, he could have just easily like braced him impact, try and turn the shoulder. Mm. He would have been fine. He would have got away with it. But the fact that he had to stick his elbow out kind of just, it, it stinks for me. Alice Carolina oh, okay. does the bobblehead and he's not sure. Uh, will <laughs> Patrick Dangerfield ever win a flag? Yes or no? No, no. Disappears too often for me. Uh, no. I think he knows. Yeah, the cats yeah, won't. That's all right. The that's all right. There's cookies. There's cookies. Uh, cookies. I, I, I've got one, boys. Um, what uh, can Jeremy Cameron add something to this Geelong team next year? Yes or no? Yes. 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 What? Goals. Goals. <laughs> well, he's goals? certainly not going to be doing anything in the fucking back line, is he? <laughs> I think he, I think he could kick forty goals in a rejuvenated team. Being, I think he could kick more. Yeah, he's like a, he's a 60, 60 plus goal scorer, Jezza, and he could do yeah, it. He almost kicked six this year, so um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, um, uh, you, you go, Miller. You go. No, who are you going to? What, what were you going to say, Doc? Yes or no for your own question? I was going to say, are we going to are we going to revert back to twenty minute quarters next year? Yes or no? Oh, yes. No. We should. We should, but we won't. And we'll go to eighteen minute quarters, and that will be the end of the discussion. <laughs> Well, it is quick. It is quickie, so there will be no discussion had. Uh, I want to see. I want to see twenty minute quarters come back, but I wouldn't be shocked if they if they brought if they reduced reduced it. Um, Is Dimmer an all time great coach? Yes or no? Yes. 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 What he's done is amazing, given the way that his coaching career began. You you don't you don't become a great by uh, not not winning three flags in four years. Uh, Will Geelong be back next year for the big dance? Yes. Or finals, yes, not the granny necessarily, but they'll so be back finals, in finals. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah uh, they'll play finals. Yes, yes a, uh, can I just say that's a really that's a really good question because the the last two teams Richmond Thank did beat Richmond <laughs> did beat no the, the, hear me out the last two teams Richmond did beat in the grand final they they crumbled they've because absolutely the pits. Mm. <laughs> fallen to the pits they they've fallen off the bloody radar they're they're in, they're in Mumbai somewhere <laughs> <laughs> they've turned into the pit. Um, uh, will Brandon Gale become the next AFL CEO one day? He could, yeah. I'd love to see it, but I can't. <laughs> I don't know if he'd leave the Tigers. I think he loves the club too much. Is Eddie Maguire and Peggy O'Neill the best presidents in the comp? If not, which is more better? Um, Eddie Maguire is far from the best president. <laughs> no, in terms of <laughs> not what he says, but what he's done for the club in terms of put Collingwood mm. in a strong financial position and where they were at. And then oh, Pe- Peggy with, you know, saving the club from being taken over by a bunch of lawyers and real estate agents. I think I'd say Peggy's taken them from lower to higher. So I'm going to say Peggy's done better. Okay. Eddie's yeah. obviously for, for longevity. He's been one mm. of the, one of the great presidents in terms of running a football club. Um, but I think the Pies have managed their off-field stuff a lot worse in terms of uh, the stuff in the public eye. 
Yeah. And, and, so and, I'm going to say Peggy's tongue battle. Doc, yeah, do you have an answer? Yes or no? And I was just going to add on to the fact that um the fact that Eddie has two conflicting jobs as president and as <laughs> yes. and as and as media boffin. Well, it's not his fault. Like, that's that's the job of other people to regulate and manage, not Eddie. But they just let him do whatever he wants, basically. Yeah. So I think Peggy's I think, I think Peggy's done a better job. I've got a quickie, gentlemen. Yes. Will Port and Brisbane be back in the prelims next year, and or will they win win it and make the granny? I think they I think they'll get back in the prelims next year. Yes. Grand final. Um, will. I love Brisbane, but I'm just uh, not sure. I, I, I think I think Brisbane. I think Brisbane's done a very very good. No, I love them. I love very good Chris. <laughs> I love them. Uh, I love Chris. <laughs> I also want to ask, gentlemen. Oh yes. Um, another top eight question: Will the Pies make the top eight next year? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They'll make. They'll, they'll make finals. Um, All right. What about the dogs? Yes. Yes. Yes, I fucking hope so. <laughs> uh, I've written down some more quickies, gentlemen. Should it, oh yes, should, come on. Should, should a player within the bottom four bracket of the ladder win, be able to win a Brownlow medal? <laughs> You've got a bone to pick with, Mister Nat Fife. How could man pick up three votes and lose by forty points? I think uh, yes. If they have a strong enough individual performances, then yes, they should be within their rights too. Uh, Oh, I don't know. It's a it's a bad it's a it's a big question. Mm. Uh, I, th- I think the Brownlow Medal should go to the best player all, all year, and if if the best player all year is in the bottom four, so be it. I want to uh, ask regarding regard. Oh yeah, you go, you go, Miller. No, you go, as Okay, okay. <laughs> um, in regards to the Brownlow, should the Brownlow voting system change from umpires to a panel or similar? Yes. Yes. Yes, I agree I too. It's archaic. <laughs> it doesn't need to be there anymore. <laughs> archaic. Alice Catalano's brought out the dictionary. Uh, um, yeah, that's that's a follow up I have on that question. Is um, should the should the um, Brownlow be divided into individual possessions? Say best key forward, best small defender, mm. best I feel winger. Like, I feel like they should. I feel like they should. The, the forwards and the defenders don't don't get enough recognition no. anymore. Or Ruckman. Well, at least the forwards have the Coleman, but uh, yeah, there needs to be at least some sort of individual yes. accolade for Get at least Danny. each area of the ground. Make make the Danny Frawley Golden Fist the the, the, yes. the, the top the top defend top defender award for mine. And then yeah. My final quickie, boys, before we wrap this up is seeing what's happened to Brody Grundy this year with his new seven year contract. Is any player worth a long term deal? Also, looking at Buddy's ten year deal. Yes. Yeah, I'd say there are the absolute superstars of the competition should be locked down. Seven years, Cat. That's a long, long time. It is a long time. If I was the Pies, I'd be looking to lock to go or more down for that long as well. Jesus. Or... The guy might be in prison in seven years. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee whiz. <laughs> the genuine superstars should be getting those deals, but I think... Uh, what age bracket though, then do you stop at twenty five? You wouldn't give anyone over twenty five or seven like you wouldn't give Dusty a seven year deal. Well, no, because no. then he'd be thirty six. Exactly. So you'd say there's an age. I mode. think clubs are probably wary given the way that some of these long term deals have turned out, like Buddy's deal and Correct. things like that. That's what I'm saying. Is um, anyone worth it? Ten years probably too much. Seven years, I think, is acceptable. Well the question is, would you give anyone over five years in the modern era doc with the modern salary cap? Yes. I would. Sorry. <laughs> Her name's not Alex Doherty. This is Quickies. Um, oh, sorry. No, what was the question? <laughs> would you give anyone in the comp over a five-year deal given the current salary and the modern year in terms of contracts and whatnot? Uh, I, I would give Marcus Bontempelli an eternal oh, deal. He's gone again. <laughs> can, can you shut up for five seconds, Cat? <laughs> he's literally <laughs> waiting until Alex Doherty has a thought. <laughs> No, go, dog. This is your um, time to shine. I uh, yeah, yeah, yes. I, I would, okay. I would to to, to the right players. Um, okay. Bontempelli, I, I would actually throw a lifetime contract. So, cat is wrong. <laughs> I, I, would lo- hey. I would love, I would love to uh, voice my opinion on that. Thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> um, I can I was, read your mind, Mister Doc. <laughs> <laughs> You've been around me too long, mate. Um, <laughs> j- just, just one more. Uh, does anybody actually listen to what Adam Cooney has to say? No, no, <laughs> not even the bloke that he does the show that he uh, Cam Luke, the armchair experts. He doesn't listen to him. Actually, actually, you know, I, uh, as much as I loved Adam Cooney as a player, I think he's got. I think he's 
got way less credibility than that of Cam Luke. And uh, that's saying I a lot. I think he's got Cam. way less credibility than Cam Baked Beans, I'd say. So um, <laughs> that's how it is here. Um, that's an insult to the baked beans. The, Cam, the, we just, the flesh yes, will give out more thought. We just wanted to we want to say thank you for everyone that turned out last week to the stream before we Yes, to the live stream. Thank you very much, everyone who rocked up. Um especially everyone who dropped comments and questions uh in the chat. It was very, very uh appreciated and we love to hear we love to hear back from everyone who listens to the show. It's fantastic to see uh that we do have an uh, an active audience. So thank you very much for doing that. Um if you have any off season questions and whatnot, uh make sure you hit us up on our socials. A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at A3 Footy on Twitter, A3 Footy Podcast on YouTube, and the email, of course, A3 Footy at gmail.com. We'll have plenty to answer throughout the whole trade period. Trade, draft, whatever you've got, uh, we'd love to hear it. And hopefully we'll be back for a live show come yes. the draft uh, yes. in December. Uh, the also we could do a live trade period, boys. I was thinking wrap up on the Thursday the twelfth. Oh yes, the, the final hour. Oh, so, we the final hour, to, that would be good. We're going to have the monitors up with many screens of trays <laughs> and people wanting to get traded to A3. We'll have our eyes darting in all kinds of different directions. Did, you, say, did, you, say, did you say people get traded to A3? Yes, they want to join us. <laughs> what we, who we get in? What do we, what do we offer as, as, uh, as draft capital? Well, uh, we can offer up uh, a beverage. Not much. <laughs> we can a offer slide. up a beverage. And a smile. Um, a two six... things that you can't get in many other clubs. So, uh... <laughs> a six-pack a, a six of uh, cider. I also want at... to say, boys, um, we, men- we mentioned it on during the live stream, but it was Doc's birthday uh, on grand yes. final day. So a big happy birthday to our man, Doc. Happy birthday, Alex Doherty. Uh, tw- tw- 27 years old, boys, and, uh, none, and none the wiser. So... <laughs> 27 years young, mate. <laughs> we, hope, we, hope you, we hope you enjoyed the day, even though you had to work. And... Uh, but at least, hopefully, as soon as we can be out, we'll be uh, we'll be around at Doc and we'll be having a huge sesh. Best best part of that day was uh, watching the grand final, having the cake, having pizza, having drinks, and, <laughs> and uh, the long lose. and then and then pa- and then passing out on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, that's a wrap. I think that's generally. a wrap, boys. That's all from us this week. As we said, stay tuned for our trade draft uh, and off-season reviews that we'll have coming up uh, in the coming weeks and coming months. With all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Make sure you stay tuned for all the uh, A3 content to come. And uh, stay, of course, tuned to the socials for all the trade news and draft news. Go Tigers. Go the Tigers. <laughs> and go the Tigers. Thanks for listening.